Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kachina Aurora Kitchen Witchery Podcast. It's another amazing episode of Conversational Witchcraft. Today, we have the fantastic, wonderful, amazing Adam Sartwell. Okay, if you don't know who Adam is, let me tell you a little bit about him. He works as a certified consulting hypnotist uh, with certification by NGH and ICBCH, which I'm sure he's going to tell us all about that. Uh, And he's a professional tarot reader. Uh, He is also, oh my goodness, one of the three co-founders of the Temple of Witchcraft. He is an award-winning author uh, of the 21 Days of Reiki and the Blessing Cord, uh, and the super nicest guy, okay? Can we just say he's the super nicest guy? Adam, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the amazing podcast. I heart you so big. I was like, really, <laughs> I do, I heart you so big. I was so kind of like timid about asking you to come on the podcast because you have this sort of quiet calm about you. And I thought that I might be a little too much and this might be a little too much energy for you. And I was like, oh, like for like a week, I just had this feeling. I was like, I I don't know why spirit is like, you got to talk to Adam. You got to talk to Adam. You got to talk to Adam. And like my brain was going, I don't think he'd be interested in it. I don't think, I don't think he would like it. I'm not sure he would do it until finally I was like texting him like, so would you please come on my podcast? It's also weird when it's like your friends because- Mm -hmm you don't want your friends to feel obligated to do this thing, you know? So thanks for coming on and thanks for being here. (laughs) I saw you. Thanks for like your smile just brightened my whole day. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Uh, It's so interesting. I did um, voices of the temple, the temples podcast for so long that um no one ever asks me to come on podcasts. So you're like the first one that I think I can remember where I was actually asked to come on to a podcast. To be interviewed. and Everyone wants Christopher, my partner. So, and that's cool. I mean, I get that, but still like you're kind of a big deal, you know, like, (laughs) like you are kind of a big deal. And I think that that, that's kind of, that's probably hard, right? Because Christopher is the outward personality is kind of like the face of the temple. But the truth Mm -hmm. is like, you're just doing just as much work. The work you're doing is just as important. And you're like in the background going, yeah, I'm cool. I don't need to be in that spotlight. You know what I mean? You're like, "Mm, mm, Mm -hmm. I'm over here just doing my thing. But you're kind of a big deal, dude. Like, I don't know. (laughs) You're founder of the temple. Like, there's only three of you. Okay. Yeah. Like in the whole there is only three. In the whole world, <laughs> there's only three of you that are the founders. And there's millions of people that follow your traditions. And, you know, I mean, I myself being part of that community, like and and I think that's it too. Like it's a little intimidating to ask someone who's as big of a deal as you are to be like, would you please come on my podcast and talk about <laughs> witchcraft? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. So I'm very... Maybe that's why I don't get asked that much. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, the prettiest girl in school never gets asked out because she's too pretty. Maybe that's it, Adam. Maybe you're just you're, too pretty. You're just too pretty. You're just, you're just too... You do have that smile, though. You do have that smile. I can't. I can't help it. And your laugh is the best laugh in the world. Just 
we're going to make Adam laugh at some point during this so that everybody can hear his amazing laugh. It's infectious. So thanks. Thanks for being here. Uh, as we are recording this, it is almost Samhain, right? Now, yes. I don't know when this is going to air. It's probably going to air in December. So, um, But right now, it's almost Samhain. What are you, do you have anything planned for the holiday? Well, we are actually um, taking time out on the actual day of Samhain to go um, visit with some of um, like Christopher's adopted sister and her family and we're having a big dinner and all of that. Um, and right now we are doing the great pumpkin project here at the temple. Um, where Wait, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah. We invite people to uh, bring a carved pumpkin uh, to the temple and put it on our front garden wall to face out and uh, then we take pictures of them and we, uh, the founders pick which ones win and they get bragging rights for a year. That's awesome. <laughs> so how's that going so far? I mean, I did see some pictures that yeah, there's a couple, um, uh, the great Robbie uh, dropped off a bunch, right? Yes. Robbie a- dropped like four. She's an overachiever. <laughs> okay. Uh, if anyone has listened to the episode where we introduced, uh, interviewed Robbie Packard of the Robin's Nest, she's an overachiever. Let's just... She's going to do four, right? Because yeah. that's Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she was thinking that she was only going to do um, like one or maybe two. Um, but then she talked to me about that. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and suddenly there were four. You pressured her into doing more pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, that's that's fabulous. Because you could see her sitting there carving them going, son of a bitch. <laughs> she's carving the fucking pumpkins. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, we got to uh, see her and, and, and talk for a little bit when she brought the pumpkins by, which was great. Um, but still, the, pumpkin, the whole wall is not filled with pumpkins yet. So that's our goal. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to promise. I don't, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to do it. I'm going to be on I'm not, I want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't have that kind of energy. Yeah. I felt like, um, so my, my mom follows me on Facebook. So, uh, when I was posting all these pictures of the pumpkins and whatever, and I was telling her about the whole experience and whatever. And she's like, you know, I don't know why you chose the ones you did. I think the one that should have won was the witch flying over the moon. Little known to my mother, that's the one I carved. <laughs> and so it can't win because I'm one of the founders. <laughs> Aw, that's adorable. Yeah. Aww, thanks, Mom. That's adorable. So, so Adam, <laughs> you know, you and I are friends, so I know kind of like your story. But not everybody knows, like, how did you become one of the founders? Like, what was that conversation like in terms of, you know, deciding to be, you know, a, a, a living, breathing partner in the creation of the temple. Um, what was that conversation life and like, and how did you get to that point? You know, like working For, backwards. Yeah. So um, I know that we, you know, gosh, this is way back when we weren't living in the temple, you know, all of that stuff. So it really takes me back. Um, I remember a conversation where we were sitting around the table and Christopher was talking about, you know, um, his Witchcraft 5 students always looking for something from him to be like, give them direction, give them 
purpose, give them um, ways that they could minister. And he was like, yeah, it's on you. You know, you've got to go out and you've got to decide what it is you want to give and what you want to do out in the world. And, um, and hoping that they were going to give back and all of that. And I was like, you know, we don't really give them any structure to work with. Right. And, you know, that's really important because it's not like we can, you know, at that time we were like getting our ordainedness through the life, you know, life light church or something like that. Right. Universal, whatever. Um, And I was like, you know, we need to services are needed by our community. What is, you know, what uh, way can our people, you know, get into an order of, of magical people and, and really in a, in a very powerful and respectful way. And so I feel like, so I have this thing that like, I feel like sometimes I'm a muse. Yeah. <laughs> so Christopher ran with that idea and was like, yeah, blah, 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 we'll do that. You know, and then uh, we went into the whole process of getting our 501c3 from the right. government and right. uh, being recognized by New Hampshire here in the, in the state. And it was a long process. Yeah. And yeah. And then, you know, we wanted the, the temple to have land. Yeah. We could come and learn classes and all of that. And it grew from there. Um I now live in the temple um, um, and we are working towards building a community center. It's unbelievable. Um, the work that you guys yeah. have done, um, you know, and, and it's really interesting to hear that because isn't everything born out of need, right? You don't just go, <laughs> oh, let's do this thing unless you see a need in the world for it. And you're sitting there going, you know, people that are, reading Christopher's books are looking for more of a structure, more of a, uh, a, you know, even if it's not a real space, but a a community space or an energetic space to be within this, uh, you know, energetic temple. Because before you had the space, it's really the temples where you are, right? It's Mm -hmm. you take it with you. It's wherever you are. Um, And for you to just be like, well, let's, let, let, let's build this thing, you know, you have that spark of an idea. And it does take a fucking village to make something yes, like that happen. Right. Yeah. So Adam, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I was gonna say that we three founders are, you know, very blessed to have a lot of really good people working with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you couldn't do it without help. You know, yeah. and the right people come and the right people go, right? There are some people mm-hmm. that come yeah. in and they're there forever. And then there's some people that come in to do a job and then they go mm-hmm. and they, or and they move they go or on. they shift, you know, yeah. because it's still like the structure of it, even though it is a religious organization, there's a business element to it. So you have to have it running, you know, mm-hmm. e- efficiently, right? Which you can't yeah. do without the right people. It's so Indeed. interesting, so interesting to me how you guys have, have, you know, built this community and, and built this organization. Um, fucking fascinating. And if you haven't seen the temple grounds, um, if you live in New Hampshire, you've probably driven by a million times. I drive by it literally every day and I honk my horn 
beep, beep. And I usually text Christopher. I'm like, beep, beep, I love you. And he's like, <laughs> I didn't hear you. I'm at the gym. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. It's very, very, okay. Um, but uh, so Adam, tell us your journey from like, what did you, were you into witchcraft before you met Christopher and Steve? And if so, how did you find that path? Like, what, what was it that influenced you into this path? So my story, like I had friends who were sort of interested in different things. And um, I started having uh, psychic experiences and not knowing uh, if I was going crazy oh my or God. whatever. Um, a lot of, yeah. uh, so my friends and I were very bonded in the way that they were psychic a little bit too. So we, when we would bounce off of each other, and so um, I had a lot of experiences of like, remember when we had um, actual like bones that were connected to things? This like a landline had like a, like a, a landline, land right? and it had buttons a or a rotary yeah. so phone. I would, yeah, I, I grew up with like yes. rotary and then we switched over. Yes, did so, you have the phone that had the really long cord? Because there's only one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everyone back with the thing that goes, yeah. yeah, and back and you in get the it, ancient like, times, in, yeah. the, in the before times, when yes, there was only the one before the everything. There was times. only one <laughs> phone in the kitchen, and it would have yes. a very long cord. And if you wanted to talk to your girlfriend or boyfriend, you had to take that cord. In my house, you had to take the receiver with the cord and stretch it as long as you could, and go down the basement stairs, and then close the door behind you because it was the mm-hmm. only way that you had any privacy. The before times. Yes. The before time. The so before time. I would I would call my friends and they would be calling me at the exact same time. So right. we would both get a busy signal. And yes. you know, I would have moments where I would just say whatever they were thinking, like out loud. And it was super annoying to pray basically everyone. Um <laughs> like get out of my head. I was having all these weird experiences and dreams that would come mm-hmm. true to some extent and be like, oh wow. Like I'm super deja vu because I dreamed this like a week ago. And so um, I started having uh, some really crazy nightmares um, uh, that would make me bolt upright in bed um, of a red blur hitting me and my and me just floating up out of my body Wow! and watching the whole thing. And as it became a reoccurring dream, I would have it maybe once a month. Um, and the more I had it, the more details I'd have. Like I knew that whatever it was, was going to happen uh, on the day before I turned 16, uh, that I was, uh, it was a red blur. I knew I was walking. I knew I was also like in a crosswalk. I could see the white lines um, and it got clearer and clearer to me. And so I was like, well, this seems really, some of my dreams have come true. Um, so I started researching and looking into different religions. Um, I knew this psychic thing was somewhat real, uh, at least to me. And I needed to know what the heck happened after you die. Cause if this is true and this is going to happen, I need to know what's next. So, so you were convinced like, a 15 year old boy and you're convinced I'm going to die the day before my 16th birthday. I'm going to hit by a car yeah. and I'm going to, I die. didn't, I didn't bother. I didn't bother who cares. Right. 
And, you know, like I had prepared myself like a, like a person who was com- going to commit suicide. Like, all right, well, you know, here's a little will, you know, for who gets my, oh my what? Goodness. Yeah. Like that's what I went through. Wow. Um, and I, thankfully I opened up enough to tell my friends who were into psychic stuff. Um, because the day before my 16th birthday, I was walking home with my friend, Jenny, and, uh, I stepped out into the road on the crosswalk and she grabbed the back of my shirt. I read our sped across the road. Oh my God. Like 30, 40 feet away from us, like parked, got out of her car. She's like, Oh my God, I didn't even see you. I could have killed you oh my god you know kind of thing and then after that i was like well now what the do i do now i have to actually live i have to learn how to drive i gotta <laughs> oh my that. god and so in my research that dealt with the way i thought death happened and the way that um the way you can have psychic abilities was witchcraft Right. And so I basically got into witchcraft from that. I was like, yeah, all right. I know the psychic thing is real. I know witchcraft is real because I started doing spells and things would happen. You know, like I, yeah. And my friends were thankfully very interested in it in high school. Um, And so, yeah. But I'm the only one who went on to be a founder of a tradition. But holy crap. I mean, and again, like you think about that, like as a child, I mean, you're 15 years old, you're, you're a child, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to have an experience like that, that so deeply solidifies this affirming, you know, yeah. yeah, this psychic shit is real. Okay. And it doesn't manifest like that for everyone, but to have that mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, that kind of a vision and 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 I would guess that after that happened, the dreams stopped, right? No, it doesn't. D- that, that particular dream? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any more of the, like, not that particular dream, but I still dream in the future. It's not the day that my father passed. I woke up, I had a dream that they had changed the breathing mask. And I know nothing. I know now. But then I didn't know anything about medical stuff um and they changed all they did was they changed the mask and he passed and so i woke up of course and my family is sort of like all the time <laughs> with me um because like, you know what like, the fuck? I, wait, what? <laughs> what? It was, I woke up and i was like oh you know i had a dream they changed his mask and he died right to my family and they're all like Okay, sure. Okay. Adam's got a dream again. <laughs> yeah. Right. And by the end of the day, they they um, changed from one breathing apparatus to the next. And that's when he passed. Wow. So now, so, now when you have <laughs> dreams like this, yeah. obviously you're able to- I tell people. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're able to yeah. interpret them. They don't sound like they're- I mean, listen, I have fucking- weird dreams i have like night terrors 
I'm a hundred percent sure they don't mean anything except anxiety about my mother. That's really those those are my <laughs> dreams. Okay. Yeah. But well, I get still I still get the symbolic dreams right. as well, but I find that the psychic ones usually have some sort of like real details. Right. And they're solid. I, they're solid. solid. I come out of it going, This is I can feel this. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can tell the difference in dreams, you know. Um you know, and and I would I've had this conversation a couple of times. Like I've, I would never claim to have psychic. I think we all have a little bit of psychic ability, but I would never, I would never say I'm psychic. Um, and I would never say I'm a medium ever. I don't work in that space at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but even as someone who's, who doesn't identify as that, like I can tell the difference between having a dream about my father or having a visitation from him. Yeah, you know, it like does if, feel different. if he comes to me in a visitation dream, dream, I'm going to use that in quotes. It's solid, right? If I hug him in that dream, I can feel him. I can smell sawdust and leather, you know, mm. the smells that I associate with him. I could, you know, it, it's just, it's solid. It's very, very solid. Whereas if I'm just having a dream that my father happens to be in, it feels like a dream. It's very, very different. So you, are you able to, obviously at this point, you're able to discern the, sol- the that solidness from what's just a dream, right? I feel like there are moments where I do get information from a symbolic dream, um, mm. but I wake up and I'm like curious about what did that mean? Mm. You know, like I wake up and I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. This is- so like <laughs> once I had a dream that uh, I was writing a check you know, back in the day. No, because uh, we, in the before times, yeah. we had paper yeah. checks. <laughs> I was you... writing a check and then I realized, I opened up my, my checking account and I'm like, oh, I only have 10 cents in there. I really need to you know, put some money or whatever. And so like, I woke up and I was like, that's a weird dream. Like, that's pretty weird for me because I right. like fly, I talk to animals, I right. do all that weird right. stuff right. Um, at night. And so I'm like, that's a weird dream. And I literally checked because a couple of things had gone through all at once. Right. I had 10 cents <gasps> in the bank account. I was like, crap, I got to move some money. Like, <laughs> wow. So it can be that weird and practical, but it's still some, a little bit symbolic. So, like, so hmm, you obviously, bank. this is the, you know, you, you're obviously a very talented psychic. Um, and I know you do readings Right. I know I do. you do. Yeah. I know you do readings. I know you do tarot. I know you do, you know, hypnosis. And we're going to talk about that in, in mm-hmm. a little bit. I want to save that. Let's like the grand finale of our conversation is like, okay, what you're working on now. Like I want everybody to learn mm-hmm. how fucking awesome you are and then tell them all the fun things you're doing now. Um, <laughs> so do you ever in your, in your, and the, oh, this is going to be totally selfish. Okay. Um, <laughs> in your workings, do you do dream interpretations for other people? Because you mentioned in your dreams, you fly, you talk to animals, all that kind of things. I have flying dreams all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And I can remember flying dreams from being a child and the, how mm-hmm. it felt to be flying, right? Mm-hmm. And I just figure I'm fascinated with flight. Uh, I love being on airplanes. I love flying. I love, I love, but I hate heights. I don't like being like, up on a ladder, right? But I love being on an airplane. It's very fucking weird. So if I came to you as a client, <clears throat> if I came to you as a client and I said, what is, what does it mean that I'm flying in all of my dreams? 
would you interpret? Do you do any of that sort of stuff in your readings or no? Also, what does flying mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I feel like, um, like one of my tenets is that people have to be able to um, sort of interpret their own dreams Mm. in, in that um, and take back that empowerment. Um, But I do think that it is helpful to like tell someone your dream because sometimes they will see it in a different way than you have. Mm. And if you get that um, aha moment that like, yes, real, that's like, it's so palpable. Like once you get an interpretation that fits, it's like, oh, that makes complete sense. Right. Light bulb. Um, Light bulbs and, you know, fireworks, whatever it is. But you also get the, the opposite one of like when people tell you, oh, well, your dream means, and you're like, no, no, it doesn't. No. So like if I was dreaming, which I've had dreams about like uh, Chris Evans turning into a golden retriever so that he could come live with me, um, guessing that's just, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, yeah, Chris Evans, Chris Evans, but in my dream, he turned into a, he was flying through the air in his Captain America outfit. And then when he landed, he was a golden retriever with a cape. And then I could take him home. Can he could be my pet? So I guess, <laughs> I mean, let's not interpret that for. <laughs> we'll interpret a little bit of the flying. <laughs> see, and again, it's all the flying. It's all the flying. No, but but it, that is, yeah, so- I, I see what you're saying about like taking ownership of that because that interpretation, you flying in your dreams and me flying in my dreams could mean mm-hmm. co- something completely different because am I wrong? when I say that these dreams and these visions and things like that, that's spirit speaking to you. So what spirit wants to say to you is very different than what spirit wants to say to me, unless we are having the exact same experience, which we're not. And uh, some symbols that you're going to have are going to be your own personal symbols. So like when spirit is trying to give you a message, they're going to rifle through your philodex of mm. all of the images and I and symbols that you have ever used and understand. And they're going to take those and create a dream with that. Right. And so when your dream maker gives you a dream, it is all of your symbols, your um, connections to the things. So like for me, light means confidence. Because you can fly away, you can do anything, you can get as high as you want, you can see the world from a different view. And for me, it also has a like a feeling of joy that's connected to that. It's that joy of being free and confident and knowing that at any moment I can, you know, flap my arms or look like Superman and just fly. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So you're saying that the symbolism of flight for you in a dream spirit is saying to you, you know, it's using that symbol because that's how your brain associates it. And for me, it might be about freedom. And because when I'm flying in my dreams, I feel free. I feel Mm -hmm. carefree, right? Not necessarily confident, but free of burden, free of stress, free of anything that might be holding me down emotionally. I feel free. So if, if, 
if we're looking at the same symbol, we're reading it completely differently, right? That's yeah. so, so interesting. That's so, yeah. I love and that I think, your witchcraft journey started with this sort of like psychic dreaming, you know? Yeah. And that you were able to interpret it at such a young age is, yeah. it's mind blowing, right? And mind blowing. So um, one of the things I always like to say to people about their dreams is also asking on your dream, is something about your life at the moment. Like it's not something about the past, not about the future, whatever. It's usually around the moment, unless it's a psychic dream, right? Right. Um, but then you have to ask yourself, what is this dream asking me to do? And so like, if you're having flying dreams, you might desire that carefree freedom and you need to go do something that comes to your mind of what is carefree freedom to me. Maybe it is like, all right, guys, I'm taking an extra long break today. I'm going to Starbucks. I'm having a, you know, chai outside and, and, you know, watching the people or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's my like, Ooh, carefree freedom. I'm away from the temple. That's amazing. Anytime you want to go to Starbucks, we're going to. Right on. You call me. Call me. <laughs> I will, or text me. I will bring that school. fucking Starbucks yeah. to your house. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so. So what Adam is saying is, me flying means more coffee. I need more. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> right. Because, because what you're saying is these psychic moments or these spirit messages coming through dreams need to be, be they need to be actionable, right? And honored. It needs to be actionable and honored. So, and I think this is a really good point. And oftentimes we're talking about any type of witchcraft or meditation or psychic works or, or anything like that. Oftentimes it's, oh, have the, you'll have the vision or, oh, you'll have the dream or, oh, you do. But it needs to be honored and honored through action mm -hmm. to take effect, right? You're mm -hmm. not just, everybody says, oh, you know, if you have dreams or psychic visions or something, you should journal it. Great. Journal it. Write it down. Then what? You have to interpret it and apply that lesson to your life, which usually equals action. Am I right? Um, unless it's giving you the action of non-action. Unless it's giving you the action of non-action. Like right. telling you to stop. Yeah. But I feel yeah, like you're talking you directly to some, me. <laughs> you should be taking some steps. <laughs> I feel like this has gone from an interview In to, to like, your dreams, you know, yeah. Dawn, you're doing too much. You need to take a no, break. This isn't a session. No, it's, this is not a session. This is not, this is not a session. Um, no, but no, it's not a session. But I think that that's really important and, and that in your workings, this is how you are serving the community, right? Through your works. In, t in opening up people's eyes and teaching people about things like this and bringing this unique perspective into the temple. Um, like we've never had a conversation like this before. So like I'm, I'm even more impressed with, like I said, you're kind of a big fucking deal. Um, wow. Okay. So uh, we need to take a little itty bitty break so that we can hear from our amazing sponsors. And we will be right back with the obviously amazing Adam. I have got to tell you all about my favorite caramels made by McRae's Candies. You know, I'm not much of a sweets person, but I will stop whatever I'm doing 
to have a McCray's caramel. These caramels are so decadent and so delicious. They really do force you to kind of take a moment, take a breath, and enjoy that slow-cooked, handcrafted, simply divine flavor, sweet, salty, buttery, handmade, slow-cooked caramel. These caramels make gift-giving memorable. They are amazing for holidays, special occasions, or just when you want to say thank you to someone, including yourself. It's a small indulgence for yourself or someone you love, and I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong with McRae's Caramels. They are obsessively meticulous when it comes to all things caramel. Flavorful, whole food ingredients, premium packaging, down to every detail, you will not be you will not be sorry when you when you try these candies I'm telling you uh you know they started out with just a spoon and a kettle and now they are selling their caramels all over the country with flavors like black lava sea salt and uh cayenne pepper and my personal favorite which is the rosemary and truffle they've also got a mocha which is like coffee and chocolate caramel outrageous you will not be sorry check them out at mccraescandies.com that's mccraes m-c-c-r-e-a-s candies.com guys i have just got to tell you about the robin's nest If you're unfamiliar with the Robin's Nest, let me tell you a little bit about one of my favorite shops. This is a full-service premier metaphysical shop here in New England. They offer everything from gifts to custom-made crafted potions and wares, magical and ritual items, divination materials, candles, crystals, uh, spiritually designed clothing, uh, ritual wear, books, incense, tarot, oracle decks... And most of all, more importantly, they offer friendship, creativity, and community. This shop is owned by one of my favorite people in the world, Robbie Packard. Um, and she is a high priestess. She is a th- helping foster a thriving pagan community with kindness and compassion. She's just the most amazing person. And her shop and everything in it reflects her love of community and craft. You will not find a more welcoming space to learn, to grow in your spiritual practice. Everything the Robin's Nest does is within intention of love and bringing community together. Although the shop is located in Bellingham, Massachusetts, you can find them online at therobinsnestma.com. That's therobinsnestma.com. They're offering tons of online rituals, uh, workshops, classes, tons of stuff to get you involved, to broaden your mind and help you on your spiritual journey. Uh, Check them out, therobinsnestma.com. You will not be sorry that you did. We are back on Conversational Witchcraft with the incredible Adam Sartwell. This conversation has really made me think, and I love that so much. So 
Adam and I have been talking about dreams and uh, psychic visions and spirit talking to us through dreams. Um, and so now, Adam, so we, we've learned all about your your kind of beginnings uh, as a witch and that you are the founder, one of the founders of the Temple of Witchcraft, which of course is incredible. Um, so in your own right now, on your own, you are doing something incredibly unique, which is hypnosis. And you're kind of melding this intuitive psychic stuff readings with hypnosis, which I don't think I've heard of anyone doing ever. How in the world did you decide to go into hypnosis and tell us about that journey? Well, uh, it's a little bit of response of like, you know, I've written two books. I've done, you know, the, you know, pagan author thing um, kind of stuff. But my sort of want is to help people and to get them to that next level, whatever that looks like for them, but to do it compassionately. So I was like, all right, well, no, rarely did people come to me for like a healing work or whatever they would go to Christopher or whatever. So I was like, I need something completely different that he doesn't do. Yeah. Something unique to you. I want, yeah. Something unique to me. And so like I went through, you know, like I have a bachelor's in psychology and when I got out of that, I was like, I want to become a hypnotist and, you know, like see what that's like and whatever. And my mom like shut me down. She does that really well. Um, she knows where the buttons are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're, they're wonderful. Um, uh, so I got a little shut down by that and I was like, all right, fine. I won't do it now. Um, but when I, you know, it was like, all right, I'm turning 40. It's time to do things that I wanted to do. Yes. And haven't done yet. Yes. So I was like, I want to learn how to be a hypnotist. So, uh, I, uh, you know, contacted my friend. Uh, in California uh, from Healing Path Hypnosis, Brenda Titus. And I was like, I want to I wanna be a hypnotist. Like, how do I get there? And she suggested um, my teacher in, in hypnosis, Dan Candell, the anxiety relief guy. And he's very all about doing that. And really? Famous for that and for doing shows and things like that. Um, and so I went about becoming a hypnotist. Um, it was a kind of a real weird and rough ride. Um, the day I, you know, paid for it and got ready for it, my car got hit in our parking lot. Um, and I was like, is that a sign? Cause you know, like, mm, it doesn't feel like a sign. It just feels like I've like moved through to a next level or something like that. And yeah, I'm breaking through. Yeah. Not everything um, is a sign. Sometimes shit not just happens. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes shit just happens. just happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also put that with like, you know, law of attraction stuff too. Like stuff just happens sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it is not our fault at all. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's not. Or like sometimes the thing that happens might be a manifestation. It might be a law of attraction. That might be your manifesting. That fear yeah. is manifesting. Your car yeah. gets hit and you go, well, fuck you, fear. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, like, exactly. Like that sucks. Um, I'm gonna yeah. deal with it. I'm gonna do this hypnosis thing anyway because yeah. I'm not. You're not. You're not gonna stop me. You know. Yeah. So uh, I then, uh, you know, 
got to the dates that I was going to do it and everyone else in the class didn't want to do it anymore and stepped back. So it was just me and the trainer. That's awesome. And I was like, this is a total, you know, Adam Sartwell manifestation right now. Cause I was like, it's so nice to, you know, have one-on-one attention and, you know, all of that. But I was like, yeah, I'd really love to, you know, do it with, you know, more people. Um, So he, you know, as a trainer in two different systems. So um, I got trained in uh, the National Guild of Hypnotists way of doing things. And then um, later on, uh, I went to Las Vegas and with, um, got trained in uh, ICBCH, which don't ask me what it is because I cannot remember it to save my soul. Um, <laughs> I was like, Adam's going to um, tell us all about what that is. Yeah, I, you, look, you put in those letters that it comes up, but um, <laughs> it has something to do with it. You know, I love it. Um, but uh, the great part about it is like the National Guild has been there for ever, um, for a really long time. It has a lot of history and it has some of the older methods of, right. of doing um, hypnosis, which I think are amazing. Um, but then ICBCH is all about the new stuff and right. modern techniques right. and rapid hypnosis wow. and, you know, all of that. So I've gotten both of those. Um, and my, my trainer, so it's funny, you like, you're getting trained in this and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do, you know, what you said. And I start doing it and he's like, oh my God, have you done this before? I'm like, no, well, no, but I've been, you know, leading meditations for 10 years, time. 15 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've been like, I've been re- leading meditations for a really long time. It's like, yeah, you've got this down. You've got your particular cadence and voice already. And Oh, your you know, voice is you... really good when you do meditation. I'm just, I've participated in that. And it's like, it's like totally different voice. Like talking to you now, it's like, oh, this Adam, blah, blah, blah. But then the minute you <laughs> switch on your meditation voice, it's like, oh, you just feel like you take this deep breath and uh, it's like someone is rocking you like mm-hmm. sleeping on a cruise ship where you're just back and forth and you, ah, uh, yes, I can see that a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then after that I had to, you know, sort of set myself up. Um, and I did, uh, a sort of bisected thing of like, um, you know, I'm still doing readings and things like that on my website of adamsartwell.com and, you know, like online and all of that. Um, and has my witchy events and all of that. But then I was like, well, you know, if I'm working with the public as a hypnotist, I'm like, I don't know if I should, you know, present myself. And so I sort of, you know, like was like, all right, I'm gonna try doing, you know, my business as intuitive hypnosis um, at hypnointuitive.com. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna set this all up. And so like, I've sort of got that, I, for a while there, I was like bisecting. Like I've got my witch life, I've got my hypnotist life, never the two shall meet, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, fuck it. Screw that. Screw that. You know, if people don't want to work with me, don't work right. with me. There are other hypnotists right. and, and, you know, Buddhists and Muslims and everything. Right. Um, you know, you don't have to work with the witch. Right. Right. And I think that's a really good point as you're saying, you know, that sort of, straddling the magical community and for lack of a better term, the muggle community, right? And I find myself in that position very often 
um, because I mm-hmm. make this olive oil that you can buy in Whole Foods, but then I'm teaching kitchen witchery classes and my book is all about, my books are all about witchcraft and cooking yeah. and, and, and kitchen witchery. Yeah. Um, and to try to make your, try to not dilute yourself and not hide yeah. who you are, but at the same time remain accessible to everyone because yeah. it's important that the work that you do, especially as a hypnotist, um, is accessible to people who aren't necessarily in the pagan community, right? And then mm-hmm. you might get a little yeah. backlash from the pagan community being like, whoa, you know, you've got this other life over here. I get that all the time, right? Like, like, oh, yeah. maybe I'm not witchy enough. Maybe I'm not well, pagan enough. You know what? The best part of it for me is that like, if I say it, if they're like, give me that fact, I'll be like, well, that's my day job. Yeah. I, and then they go, oh, uh, well, yeah, my yeah. day job. I can't be out like that you know, that kind right. of thing. And that right. sort of like quells yeah. and they reframes it for them so that they, they get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I present it honestly. I'm right. a very authentic person. Right. You are like, who you are and you're doing the work that you do. And the work that you do is so important because of all these pieces of you being mm-hmm. a witch, being a hypnotist, being, uh, you know, having psychic abilities, all that. It, it, it's not just, one or the other and depending you're not going to turn a part of yourself off depending on the client that you're seeing right you're not going to be like oh this person is super christian so i have to pretend i don't have psychic abilities yeah yeah because that's gonna interfere with the the helping and the treatment that you're giving them through this hypnosis session i am very interested i did not know that you had a ba in psychology Um, that's fucking outstanding. And now that you say it, I completely understand so much more about you and your journey, um, and that idea of helping people. And I'm interested to know how that background, um, in psychology influences the hypnosis and, and the psychic work that you do. Um, and, you know, as someone who's a huge proponent of therapy, I've been in therapy forever. I love therapy. I encourage everyone to do therapy at all times. Um, I feel like therapy is something that is for healthy people, right? Who want to be healthier. Um, so I'm, I'm totally a proponent of that. Do you find often, so first I want to know about how that background intermingles with your hypnosis and your psychic work. And then a follow-up to that question being, when you go to therapy, it's lifelong, right? It's not, I'm going to have mm-hmm. two therapies. Said, oh, I had a fight with my mom. I'm going to go to therapy twice and I'm going to be all better and all my issues are going to go away. Um, therapy, mm-hmm. I say, is like an onion. Every time you get to something, you peel back another layer, layer and it all stinks, okay? So <laughs> in the work that you're doing now with hypnosis, um, is it something that is a continual journey like therapy is? Do you bring in some of that uh you know, background in psychology. Talk to us about that because I find it very interesting. Okay, um, I know it's a lot. Well, sorry. when I did when I did get a um, bachelor's in psychology, I was like, all right, well, I don't want to really go on to get my master's and then become a therapist sure. and all of that. Even though I'm wearing my therapist sweater, you're totally um, wearing your therapist sweater, but it looks very cozy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's super cozy. So cozy. Um, <laughs> so uh, I didn't at that time. I was like, I can't do any more. Like. I'm, it's just too much. Um, and I went into, you know, the helping field. Um, it took me a while to get there, but I got to um, work with kids that um, had severe traumas 
and um, mental health issues and things like that. And I worked with them for many, many years, yeah. um, more than people normally do without going and getting their master's and things like that. Yeah. So I worked as like, um, you know, I would go to school with them and, you know, help them learn and all of that. I also did, you know, after I got burned out with that, I switched to um, special needs um, and helping with kids like that. So that calming voice that I use is the voice that I use on them. Yeah. That makes them feel calmer and ready yeah. to, you know, like that. You know, so I've had a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, to uh, like experiences. Um, but physically I can't do it anymore um, because I would have to do restraints when things went crazy um, and got too too up and I just couldn't do it anymore there's um, there's a so, there's a limit that any human being can do that kind of work you know with before yeah. losing their own mind like yeah you, you yeah I would come home and and after school and then was like okay yeah you're completely no, no. fried. Yeah. Like I was so exhausted and fried. Um, and when things shifted and I just became, you know, professional witch and professional, you know, hypnotist, that all shifted, which is great. And I draw upon a little bit of that when I'm working with my clients of, you know, like I've had a lot of experiences and I honestly, you know, have a broader view of what is, you know, like what I can accept of like, all right, yeah, you, you know, bite your nails all the time and you want to stop doing that. We can work on that. All of that. Um, the hypnotist community does like sort of step back from the therapy part of like mm. using hypnotherapy now because people were beginning to think of it as like therapy of licensed, you know, psychologists. Yeah. And some hypnotists are that. Yeah. Um, so you can look for that, but there are people who get uh, clients who um, they do hypnosis sessions with them and they get to the point where they feel even better about themselves and may not need, you know, years of therapy to get yeah. to one issue, but may need, you know, six months to get them back on their feet, Yeah, you know? Um, so it really, it does, it has that therapy power yeah. um, without actually being, you know, I, I would like to think of it as, you know, like a holistic health help um, Absolutely. for people. Um, and it really can bring about those aha moments of like, oh, that's why I do that. Yeah. And the, there's so much misconception about hypnosis. Um, I yes. think the, the misconceptions are like, oh, I'm going to you know have one session with Adam and he's going to, you know, brainwash me to you know, never eat chocolate again. And then I'll be skinny. Yeah. And it's one and done. And that's it. Um, is that is that a true misconception? And what's the actual truth of the process? Yeah, the actual truth is, um, it can take as long as it takes. Mm. Um, like, for me, uh, most of my sessions are four sessions with me. And so um, in each of those sessions, we'll do hypnosis, we'll talk about different techniques to work with. Um, but you have to want it. I can't, hypnosis isn't mind control. Mm. It's, it's mind suggestion. Mm. It's mind influence. 
it doesn't really, you won't do anything that isn't um, for your own benefit. Or, you know, if I could do that, then we would have had the temple built already. Right. Because I would mind wash everyone to go and give me their money. Right. Like, exactly. You know, like. Exactly. We would have just right? mind washed everyone to go get vaccinated and everything would be yes, fine. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I, I would have, you know, like there are many things that I would have solved the world. Right. You know, problems. Right. Um, by mind washing people. But it's not a mind wash. It's, it's suggestion. It's not. Um, yes, sometimes it'll be that forceful, like, you will, you know, quit smoking and you won't be doing this anymore. And you will feel much better that you did, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but even that is a suggestion. When someone commands you, that is a suggestion. It's not right. like you don't actually have to do it. You right. Know? It's Does almost like getting into that sort of so, like subconscious and saying, if you really want this subconscious, and I think that's kind mm -hmm. of like like meditation, right? G being able to kind of calm yeah. certain parts of your brain so that the other parts of your brain can open up and, and you can listen to them. And those parts of your brain can interact and be like, oh, yeah, no, maybe I do <laughs> really want to quit smoking. Or maybe I, maybe I don't because it's does, you know, it fulfills this need in me. Yeah. Right. So how do you blend the hypnotism with the intuitive psychic? So for me, I use my intuition daily. I trust it pretty, pretty strongly. Um, so there is a bit of me using my own intuition. Being like, I feel like this certain program is going to be better than say this one. Um, and it is getting a feel for people. Um, and I also... <laughs> I have a whole course um, that I've put together that I'm still adding to it um, called Awakening the Dreams here. So we get back into that dream stuff of like, I'm trying to also help people get to their own abilities um, and maybe even just talking with those parts of themselves, um, which is a do on your own course on my hypno hypnosis website. Um, but I mean, there are parts of, I mean, hypnotists would love to be like, oh, it's, you know, science, and blah, blah, blah. but it's the science of the mind. So it's got a little squiggly to it, you know, yeah. like, um, <laughs> it's like being psychic is part of your mind, whether people believe it or not. Absolutely. But, um, we all have intuition. We all have some sort of connection um, to that, whether it's strong or, or weak or, um, and it is something you can build. Um, right now, I haven't had too many clients that were like, oh, make me your psychic. You know, <laughs> um, I haven't had too many clients that do that. Um, but I do have more people who just want to make a change in their lives. Um, they want to. And part of me used intuitive hypnosis because I'm intuitive. Right. You know? Right. So, it's so like, somebody walks in and says, I yeah, want to be. I get a lot of misconceptions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of misconceptions. And I, I'm sure that there's a lot of you going like, if I walked in and I was like, oh, I need to be less stressed out, you know, and you'd be mm -hmm. like, mm, what does that mean? Let's yeah. unpack that a little bit. And really the vibe that you're getting is, okay, well, intuitively, I can tell that you need to be less stressed out. But what you really mean is I'm suffering from anxiety. So I'm going to treat yeah. you for this not for the thing mm -hmm. you think 
we're going to do, right? So because you're intuitive, you're reading the situation, right? Mm -hmm. I I think that's, I think that brings something, a weight and a gravity to the work that you're doing that people couldn't find elsewhere. And I also think getting back to what you said before about hypnotists being like, oh, we love to say that it's, you know, therapy. Um, But I, I firmly believe that you, this is, like you said, it's a holistic wellness practice, right? So this mm-hmm. is a supplement to enhance the work, right? If you're working yeah. on, you know, getting your shit together, and you're working on dealing with your own garbage, this yeah. is something, another tool that you can put in your pocket and getting that hypnosis and working through the process in a relaxed state of being with a practitioner like you. Um, just there's there's no downside like there's just no downside no. to to that kind of working yeah. you know and the fact that and that's what you're doing adam like in amongst all of your other responsibilities as a founder as a writer as all these things that the path that you've chosen oftentimes people are like this is my message and i need to share it with people and you're like my message is you need to help yourself and i'm here to facilitate your wellness i think it's very unique in the community and i think it's absolutely beautiful and you're the right soul and the right heart to do that kind of work like a hundred percent a hundred percent so so you're doing now you can book book sessions with you at adamsartwell.com right yeah for for intuitive readings or flower essences oh we didn't even talk about flower essences (laughs) oh my goodness we didn't even talk about flower essences tell us very quickly about your flower essences Uh, So I have, from the temple, gathered different flower essences, and they're all from the temple. From the grounds. uh, From a temple ground. Wow. Uh, And I basically will um, listen to what's going on with you at the the time. And then I use dowsing, which is like pulling out a pendulum. And I go through and douse for which ones uh, are for you. And the flower essences... They all have their own particular vibration um, and they have a sort of like you take, give you, I'll give you a little bottle and it'll have all of your, your essences, the ones that are picked for you through dowsing. Um, and I'll give you expl- an explanation of what each one of them does. And uh, then you take it for until the bottle is gone. And you like three drops under the yeah. tongue and all of this. And uh, it really works on that spiritual, emotional, mental level instead of that physical level. But you can still heal physical things with it because when you heal on different levels, sometimes it shifts that other level. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, absolutely. So, yeah. And I, I know people are always like, oh, my tarot cards, you know, really brought it to me and they really, you know, like viscerated me or whatever. That doesn't happen for me that much with the tarot cards, but with my flower essences, mm. they're like, here's your bullshit. Right. Here's your <laughs> bullshit. Stuff you have to work through yes. this month. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I personally do one for myself whenever I run out, I give myself a couple days in between yeah. to like, chill yeah. <laughs> then, yeah yeah that mental saltine yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I move on into the next one but yeah so I do that so people can find that on adamsartwell.com right. and also um, any information about any events I'm doing or classes I'm teaching 
are all there. Really um, interested then, in the the offering of the dream classes. Um, yeah. That's such a cool, and can we find information on those dream classes there as well? At hypnointuitive.com. Yep. So cool. So we're going to list all of the links and everything will be listed mm-hmm. on the notes for this show so people could be able to find you. Um, mm-hmm. Before we wrap up, I want to just talk a little bit because I'm a kitchen witch, right? And maybe people don't know this about you, but you're a little kitchen witchy yourself. Okay. We've been talking <laughs> a lot true, about yes. all the all the psychic stuff and the hypnosis stuff. Uh, Adam is like the best baker ever, right? You're always <laughs> making scones and muffins and pies and all the baking. It just and I'm not much of a baker. I'm okay. But you, sir, such a baker. My goodness. <laughs> do you bring in kitchen witchery do you do things intentionally or are you just like i'm just gonna bake this pie right now or do you do you practice kitchen witchery while you're doing those things i won't be offended if you say that you don't it depends on my it depends on my intent right um if i uh you know i've had moments where financially i wasn't doing well and i was like you know what i'm gonna make some molasses crinkles and witch it up because and I've done this and also fed them to my family. Uh, yeah. You know, like yeah, here you go have, have some, some prosperity. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because all of the things in you know, just from like the you know, cinnamon, the clove, the nutmeg, all of them it's are prosperity, prosperity herbs. Yeah. So like I would I I usually magic a cookie. You know, like I'm like yeah, and then I can eat it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And then you put that yeah. energy into your body. You yeah. Know? And, would, yeah. Pumpkin spice latte, so, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have done that. Um, and, you know, I'll, uh, if you read or look at Taste of the Temple, which you, you know, what, there's a spell from me in there. There is in this. In this book yeah, right here. it's my baby making banana bread. Taste from the temple. Yes, Adam's baby making banana yeah. bread, which is completely which, different than my banana bread recipe, mind you. So I put wow. my my banana bread, bread recipe in my new book, in the Kitchen Witch's Guide um, mm-hmm. to Love and Romance. And it's it's completely different. So I love that because yours is all... Mm, it's Mine's all ba- very simple. It's all banana, banana magic. And if you're mm-hmm. not sure what banana magic is... Uh, don't don't make Adam's yeah, banana bread recipe if you, if you don't want to have babies. Okay, don't yeah. don't do that. Well, double up. Don't do it with intent if you don't, don't do have it. babies. Yeah, still delicious. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but also you know just yeah. be careful when you're working with kitchen witchery. Okay, just yes, that shit is um, potent. Make sure that you're you're uh, tailoring your intent to um, only work with the people who want it. Yes. You know, that sort of thing. Yes, um, so important. I, so I had, you know, my sister-in-law ask, you know, she, she didn't ask me. She was like, our intent is to do this. And I was like, can I help in any way? And she's like, of course, you know, if you want to pray, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great. So I, of course, banana made bread. banana bread. Yeah. I yeah. was like, here, all of you, both of you should eat this banana bread. Yes. Yes, you should both eat this. Banana bread. I taught a class. <laughs> and then I had, you know, I, I taught a class. I had a nephew. Then you had a nephew. Aww. Yeah, I have all nephews, not because of the banana bread. Not because of the, I mean, maybe. Maybe, but I mean, there's banana, a lot of banana, banana magic. Banana's a lot of big dick energy, I'm just saying. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, banana, is. zucchini bread is a lot of big yeah. dick energy. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's not just, that's not just about baby making. It's also about 
confidence. It's about walking into a room, owning yourself and, and being confident and maybe doing things that have a traditional, uh, masculine connotation to them and being able yeah. to kind of like, okay, I got anything this. That's, anything that's projective, anything that's projective. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so all of those things, so bananas, zucchini, carrot cake, like just yeah. you know, keep that in mind. Um, okay. So final question. Oh, Final question. Um, okay. And this is the question I ask everybody at the end of the show. Okay. If I was to cook a meal for you in my kitchen witchy way, what meal would you want it to be and why? Because then I will come up with the recipe for you and I will put it on the website and you can make it and I can make it and people can make it. It would be your recipe, Adam. Oh, my. Uh, wow. I wish you'd asked me before so I could be like, all like bam here's the answer yeah bam Bam. (laughs) well i know you don't like spaghetti and meatballs so it can't be that no i do not i know growing up that's what we had and we had it so much because it was a cheap meal yeah it's a cheap meal that you could make for three boys Mm -hmm. and it was super easy you know like, so I always had American chop suey and like anything uh, with ground beef, right? That Yeah. Anything with ground beef or, you know, like, and even my mom would like s- switch it up a little bit yeah. and like make some other sort of noodly dish. And now like, I'm like, Oh, those noodles. Even like um, lasagna. Like I love lasagna. That's true. I do love lasagna. Um, and because we couldn't love, be friends if you didn't love lasagna. No, I love lasagna, and I do eat, you know, meatballs and spaghetti and all of that. It's not like I'm gonna vomit or whatever um, if I ate it. But it's like I, it doesn't excite me because I had it so much growing up. So like, balls of meat do not excite you, is what you're saying? No, no, no. he's not excited by balls of meat. Yeah, no, no. Nope. I am very excited by balls of meat. I love them. Well, good for you. I love, I, I love I, I most celebrate food, you. Most most food that comes in ball <laughs> form, I enjoy. So if it's a ball, if it's a ball of meat, if it's a ball of rice, if it's a ball of cheese, if it's a ball of popcorn, if it's a ball, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. How many times can I say yeah. balls? No. What so what would I what would you want me to make you? Like what's your favorite oh meal gosh. or what's something you don't make for yourself? Something I don't make myself that I love. <laughs> The only thing that is happening coming to me right now. So my mom would make this is one meal that she would make very rarely. Yes. Um, so she would do this sort of like pounded chicken. So you pound the chicken yeah. and then roll stuffing inside it. Stuffing, like stovetop stuffing. Yeah. And then she put some sort of stuff on it. And it was so good. Um, but she doesn't do it anymore because she's like, you yeah, know, I'm in my 70s. I don't want to do that anymore, you know, kind of thing. What, what kind of so, was it a brown gravy or was it like a fruity gravy do you um, remember the kind of gravy that was on it it was more like brown brown gravy not not, not like the gray gravy you get from like it wasn't even that juicy it was like oh yeah yeah it was more brown and like it wasn't like i don't know I, and she would put like a toothpick in it. Yes. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so like I'm, was, you I'm know, seeing, holding it together. I'm seeing Can you like, see what I'm telling you? Yes, me? totally. Like yeah. pounded chicken cutlet really, really thin. Yeah. And sometimes it would have like mushrooms and things like that with it. And yeah, it was so good. Oh, I so I'm going to come up with yeah. my own version of this. 
Okay. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make these like sausage stuffing, sausage mushroom stuffing rolls with chicken. Because you love me. Because I love you. And then I'm going to coat them in breadcrumbs and bake them till they're crispy and serve it with a mushroom gravy. What do you think about that? Well, that that? sounds very delicious. What do you think about that? (laughs) That sounds great to me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to invent this recipe for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invent this recipe for you and then I'm going to put it up on my website and you can make it and I'll make it and then we'll Zoom and eat it together. Or okay. or it's going to be so good that I make it for the local news and then I'll bring you the leftovers. <laughs> I'm just going to be like okay. a package at your front door and it's going to be these chicken roly roly polies for Adam, and then it's going to be pasta fajol for Christopher. And now I'm just going to have to know what Steve likes, because I can't not bring something for him. Uh, but mm. this is a great. This is this is going to be fun because most of the time people are like, "Oh, this is my favorite dish," or "That's my favorite dish." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll I'll create my own version of that dish." But this, I kind of have to like kind of invent. So, yeah. and I don't even I don't even have a recipe for it. Oh, I'm going to make it. Oh, I'm like, I'm gonna make it. Ooh, with cornbread mom... stuffing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my mom's more of the like uh, a dash of this, uh, you know, a smidgen or a, like, oh, it kind of looks like this when it's done, yeah. lady. Yeah. So like, I I had to learn a lot from like, all right, this is the I try out things yes. and then get it exact. That is, is the why, best way. Like, that's the best way. Everyone raves about my chocolate chip cookies is because I have perfected it, you know, down to the point where I was like, yes, this is what I, you know, this is what you have to do. And my mom watching me, she's like, I can't believe you do all this to like make these chocolate chip cookies. And I'm like, yeah. 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 Do you use brown sugar or white sugar or a combination of the two? Combination. And do you use? And like, yeah. Melted butter or softened butter? Softened butter. Softened. Do you and put you a have smidge to, you of cinnamon? Have, the, the big thing that my mom will not do is that you have to add the flour a little bit at a, a time. A little bit at a time. Also, your eggs should be room temperature. If yes. you bake yeah. with room temperature eggs, everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah. And I don't yeah. really know what the chemistry of that is, but the room temperature <laughs> eggs, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really yeah. know what that is. The room temperature eggs make such a difference. Such a difference. Now, here's your challenge because (laughs) you've just bragged that you make the perfect chocolate chip cookies. Now you have to make them gluten-free for me. Sorry. Yeah. I am terrible at the gluten-free part. I do make a great gluten-free cake. Gluten-free cake is pretty – it's it's simpler than you think because cake tends to be like dense and moist and cookies are harder. And And I make it with chickpeas. Yes. Chickpea flour, yes. yes. It is so dark and rich. Is it a chocolate? Oh is it a chocolate cake? It is chocolate, yes. So and crazy. uh and uh, it changed it for me was like um the recipe I found or whatever only used like milk chocolate. I was like dark I'm using your deli dark chocolate yes. to make this. <laughs> yes. And I'm not much of a chocolate person. Like I would I'm the person that would always take vanilla cake. I know you are. And and everybody else is. Like Justin is a chocolate freak. Like he wants chocolate for his birthday every year. I make him a chocolate cake filled with chocolate mousse covered in homemade chocolate frosting. And it's a whole fucking cake. And I can't 
I can't even eat a bite of it. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's too rich for me. I well, I just recently had my birthday and my Happy mom made birthday. me a chocolate cake. This is what I always ask for. I'm like, I want a chocolate cake with peppermint frosting. <gasps> yes. And in my household, no one eats peppermint. So I get the whole cake to myself. <laughs> I do I do peppermint brownies. So I don't know if you've had them. I brought them for Yule at the temple a couple of times. I don't know if you've had them, but I do like with the Ghirardelli chocolate, peppermint brownies. Uh, mind you, peppermint is a money food. Okay. So prosperity magic right there. Um, and it's, and, uh, and it's, um, learning. And learn. Yeah. Like, um, um, stimulating yeah. the mind, right? Stimulating the mind. Yeah. Yep. And then of course, chocolate, love, sex, blah, blah, blah. But you put, mm-hmm. then, then, so you put the, the mint in the, in the chocolate, in the brownie mix. And then on top. I do a peppermint frosting with crushed up candy cane. See, I can't. I've done it where I um, baked the the brownies to like almost done. Yeah. Yeah. And then pull them out, throw some peppermint patties on top and then put it back in. And then like when it starts to melt a little bit, you break it out and swirl it around. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. But that's, for me, that's like ultimate Yule, right? Like I make these gluten-free they're also like veganish like you use um coconut oil and you can use coconut oil instead of butter i personally like Mm -hmm. them better with coconut oil because they are they're a little softer but they're like a a very thin flat chewy cookie and they're chocolate and peppermint and they are just freaking delicious but for me see that's how i need chocolate chocolate by itself is too much i need to cut it with either uh, um you know, raspberries, raspberries, something sharp and, and strawberry, strawberry, something that, that kind of cleanses it. Otherwise it's too much for me. Like I made, Mm. we had friends over the weekend and I made gluten-free chocolate cupcakes, but the cupcake has, it's a spiced chocolate. So I did, um, cinnamon and nutmeg and like a pinch of cayenne just to give Mm -hmm. it a little oomph. And then I did, you know, and they're delicious. I can eat one I literally, in my refrigerator right now, there's probably, I think I made like 24 cupcakes. We had friends. We all had cupcakes. There's still like 17 cupcakes left in my in my fridge. And I'm like, <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, oh, it's too rich. But I could eat yeah. my weight in mashed potatoes. So, yeah, <laughs> that's... Whereas I could, you know, I could eat a couple, like a bit of mashed potatoes, but then I'm done. Yeah, you want to eat the whole pie so, and yeah. leave the mashed potatoes. Oh, I, pie. I know you I do. Raspberry pie. pie is your favorite. Raspberry pie is my favorite. I know. Yes. I and know. apparently I have made it good enough that my brother was like, oh, wow, you can make the raspberry pie just like mom. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can. wow. Yeah. And I also love rhubarb pie. Oh my God, rhubarb pie. And raspberry rhubarb pie is Ooh, amazing. Really? I've never thought of putting raspberries and rhubarb yes. together. I'm, I'm so kind of, I'm trying to up my pie game. It's difficult with gluten with a gluten allergy, yeah, but um, my cousin shared with me a really great gluten-free pie crust recipe that is phenomenal, phenomenal. You add um, apple cider vinegar to it, and it gives mm-hmm. it that flakiness that you don't usually get in gluten-free crust, and it's really, yeah. really good. And so I've been kind of working through my pie game, and with, uh, you know, the holidays coming, Thanksgiving and, and Yule, mm-hmm. um, I will be going into pumpkin pie baking mode and apple pie baking mode. I got to make two mm-hmm. or three pies between now and, you know, 
uh, December. So uh, it's going to have to yeah. be good. It's going to have to be good. Adam. Yeah, I recently got over doing all of the apple pies because my mom and I went to uh, Apple Orchard and I like got way too many apples. I made three pies and still I have apples. Did you did you just freeze them or did you just eat them all like all at once? Um, well, I didn't, I haven't frozen them. I just put them in the refrigerator for now. Um, like I still have some of those, but the, you know, I just made pies for like a week. I was like, all right, I'll make you a pie do, 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 and I'll make one for you know Christopher's dad. And you know, like, I'll, yeah. So there's nothing wrong I, with that. And, Everybody loves a pie. No. Yeah. And apple pie. I love to, you know, bless with, um, I call it AOK apple pie. It's like, Everything is fine. You're yes. happy. You're healthy. Yes. You know, and apples resonates with that. That's what apples that's are. What apples are general blessings and goddess energy and, you know, harmony and, and, and all that. Mm-hmm. I make a, what I call a harmony applesauce. And mm-hmm. I, it's, it's always five apples, right? So it's mm-hmm. five apples for earth, air, fire, water, spirit. And then each apple, as I'm peeling them, I'm doing a mantra. And then it's on the stove with a little cinnamon and a little um, brown sugar. And and that's it. Um, and I'll make that like once a week because Justin loves applesauce. In fact, as you're talking about this, I'm like, shit, I got to make applesauce today because I'm out. Um, but it's also, it's very meditative. And it is, the apples mm-hmm. have all those, uh, that, that great general blessing. I like to call it general blessing. Like here's all the good juju. It's in the apples, right? So, um, Mm -hmm. Adam, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I, I have just really enjoyed this conversation more than I can tell you. Um, it's funny, right? Cause we forget, we forget how fun other people are. And then we talk to them and we're like, Oh my God, I love you so much. Um, (laughs) so I'm going to come up with this recipe for you. Um, and, Tell us once again where we can find you online. Okay. Uh, you can find my author and doing all of my intuitive psychic stuff on adamsartwell.com. And uh, you can find me if you want to do hypnosis for quitting smoking, weight loss. Um, I'm recently getting into more um, working with artists on being confident. Um, Such a cool thing. Yeah, so that is my, I'm in the research phase, which is great. Um, and uh, you can find that at hypnointuitive.com. Hypnointuitive.com, adamsartwell.com. And uh, is there a Facebook or an Instagram where people can follow you as well? Yes, uh, there is a Facebook page for both my author stuff and my, you know, intuitive hypnosis stuff. Um, so I'm sure you'll list it. I, can't. I will list it because you can't think about it right yeah. now, but I will make sure no, that I can't. all those links are listed. And we can also contact you through the Temple of Witchcraft as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There's a million ways to get in touch with Adam, see what he's doing, um, and stay current with all of uh, his offerings for hypnosis and intuitive work. Adam, thank you a bazillion times for being here. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, I'm going to make this recipe for you, and I challenge you to make chocolate chip cookies for me. Uh, just putting that out there. Okay. I heart you big time and um, (laughs) thank you a million times for being here. And until next time, everyone, I wish you many blessings and so much gratitude. Thanks so much guys. Thank you.